You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Everybody. Welcome back to the Talk Daredevil podcast, the official podcast of the Saved Daredevil campaign. I'm Phyllis, and today I am joined by two lovely team members, Aisha. Hi. And Shelby. Hey, y'all. And today we're going to talk about a bunch of questions and comments that have come up about our transition from Saved Daredevil to the Saved Daredevil campaign. And we're also going to give you guys a little preview of what we have cooking for San Diego Comic-Con 2022. We're not going to waste time. We want to jump right in to talking about kind of what we've been doing as a campaign behind the scenes as we start pivoting, basically, what you used to know as the Save Daredevil, Save Our Show campaign to Save Daredevil, which is going to be more of a common gathering place for Daredevil fans. You know, we're not going anywhere. It's so interesting about these transitions that we've gone through as a campaign, like remember back in 2018 and when we were the renewed Daredevil mm -hmm. and then the show got canceled and we pivoted, you use mm -hmm. that word, Phyllis, we pivoted in from renew to save Daredevil. And after three years of uh, fighting for this cause and, you know, hoping that we get our show back, we finally got the announcement last month that Daredevil, a new Daredevil show is in the works. Uh, all the trades announce it. And now we are pivoting into the saved Daredevil phase of the campaign. And I love it. Don't you love it? It's a new era. <laughs> it's a new era for the campaign. Guys, you know how I say more is more? We just added another D. We just added a D. But anyway, the, the idea for this podcast basically came up because ever since that announcement, we have legitimately gotten a lot of questions as far as like, hey, why are you guys saved Daredevil now? Like, are you sure the show is saved? You know, the the announcement itself being that, you know, it was going to be a new show um, for Disney Plus versus, you know, some of the other platforms we have talked about in the past and being led by a pair of showrunners that a lot of people perhaps weren't familiar with, Corman and Ord. You know, it just raised a lot of questions. And while we did touch upon some of these in one of our recent live streams, we figured podcast is a great place to kind of go a little deeper, bring in some voices like Shelby, maybe perhaps one of our Corman and Ord experts. Yes. <laughs> um, to just start laying out some info for everyone here. So I guess like, let's start with that one. Basically, this is a question that we actually have on our FAQ, but why did Marvel hire the writers of Deck the Halls to write the new Daredevil show? People are worried that, you know, they don't have the experience to make Daredevil dark and gritty. And Shelby, we're going to throw this one to you. This is what's funny, because if I could go back to 2012, when I was watching Covert Affairs, I would like to just tell y'all that I knew that this was going to happen. I knew that being a Covert Affairs fan was going to pay off in some like huge way. But when I read this, I was like, what? My fandoms collide. What is happening? I came into, okay, I didn't, I was not a Covert Affairs watcher from the very beginning. I'd like to say that, but I didn't. I jumped in at like season three. And I will just say this, that Corman and Ord um, have proven themselves to be, how can I say this? They are showrunners with experience doing multi-seasons. They know how to do TV. Let's throw that in there. They know how to um, film action sequences. I mean, this was back, 
USA Network, I don't know if anybody remembers, they had the big summer, what was it, Characters Welcome? Was that Yes, there? Characters Welcome. Characters yeah, and welcome. you had Suits and White Collar and... Uh, Mr. Roba was part of, I mean, maybe like later into the USA run where they kind of were also trying to do like a little bit more prestige. Right, they were trying to get into the, you know, like, well, they started off out being like a procedural show and then it was more serialized storytelling as it went on. Um, they know how to write for a blind character. There was a blind character on the show. They know how to write sex. It's sexy. Good characterization. They also know they're very good at um, dealing with a character that kind of has a double life. Mm. You know, Annie Walker, she was a spy, but she couldn't tell her family. She had this whole other, like, story that she told her sister that she worked at a museum. And oh, wow. It's, so it's kind of a little like Matt Murdock, you know? Trying to uh, lead two lives. If you're worried about it being like, you're like, oh, Kermit was like PG. I don't even know what it would consider. It was like a nine or 10 o'clock show, 14, 15, whatever. They put Annie through some stuff, you guys. It got dark. Covert Fairs could get dark. Not a, Maybe not a lot of blood and like guts. It was pretty dark. Is that a thing? Like fashionably dark? There's like the violence, gore, like what you see, right? And then there are the themes. Yeah, like. Like mental, mental torture and like being in a Russian prison. Like, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to watch it, you know, but. There are different ways of being dark and mature. And they also went on. I haven't watched anything. I don't think that they went on to do containment. Just know that I am really excited being a Covert Affairs fan. And I know that there are other Covert Affairs fans that watched Daredevil 2 that feel very comfortable with this decision. And I think it's also a good time to mention that with our last Daredevil showrunner, Mr. Eric Olson, there was a similar amount of apprehension, I think. Because of his history. Yeah, with the CW. He was a CW person. Didn't he come from like... He came from Arrow. But so did Stephen Denight. Stephen Denight came from like... Smallville. Buffy. I love Buffy though. Buffy, Smallville. You know, what I find interesting that you mentioned a little earlier was like, these are guys who come from just a different, a slightly different generation of TV writing. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm no expert, but the landscape is definitely very different in terms of what kind of stuff TV writers are cutting their teeth on and how they are writing for TV, especially in the streaming age. And I honestly really love that they're are going to be showrunners coming into this particular show, our particular show, with the experience and the knowledge and the depth of knowledge that comes with actually showrunning a TV show. Now, whether... Right, and a writer's, a, a full writer's room and... Yeah, now whether, again, the question is whether Marvel Studios is going to let them fully exercise all those muscles because they, they do have their own system uh, that they have in place, but... It's different compared to if they're putting in someone who doesn't have any showrunning experience at all into their machine versus someone who does. So I'm kind of curious to see how that bears out. I think, you know, having people who um, understand how to write for characters, this came up, Shelby, in the Moon Knight pod. We just want Marvel Studio to embrace character studies. You know, we want them to embrace mm -hmm. not just rushing through six episodes to get to the next bridge, to the next MCU project. You know, we, we want there to be... Like you said, character development with a whole cast, with the supporting cast. When you watch Covert Affairs, you cared just as much about what Joan and Arthur were going through 
just like any and all geeks. So that that excites me too. And this is not entirely related, but I, I do want to jump off of that observation and say that currently the show that's on right now, Miss Marvel, has been doing a beautiful job actually with its supporting cast. And I and I have felt that previous Disney Plus Marvel Studio shows have not done as well mm-hmm. by their supporting cast. So I know with the right people, it can be done. I agree. How, how much? Wait, just for a second, just for pause. How much are we loving Miss Marvel? Just a quick like. How oh much my gosh! Oh my god! I I I could talk about this for hours, and I have been after watching every episode. I've been talking to you guys. I've been talking to my brother's family. I've been talking to friends. I've been watching with, like everyone. Whether they're Pakistani or not, everyone that I'm watching it, they want to call me after every episode and get my views or get more insight. And I'm loving it. And I agree that the characterization, they're taking time with that. And it feels very organic. Yeah, I think they're getting better with each show, hopefully. Fingers crossed here. They're getting better with each, with each show at managing time and knowing, you know. And this, this one, especially Miss Marvel, feels like the first show made for TV, like a real TV show to me. And that excites me. And the pacing is also better than previous shows. So it's giving me a lot of positive thoughts and hopes for the future. Yeah. Every every time I watch it, I cry in every episode because just the family part of it, just her relationship with her mom just makes me just like, I can't watch this in the morning before work because I'm going to (laughs) cry. But anyway, yeah. So just a small shout out, Miss Marvel. Love it. And yeah, I, I, and I also just want to add, I don't mince my words when I'm not enjoying something. That's why we love you, Phyllis. And so I just want to end this little, I just want to end this little um, detour by saying that I too am loving Miss Marvel. So take what you will from those comments. Um, I'm sure we're going to record a pod about the whole series at some point. I, I agree. There are some promising developments here, um, especially with characters that Marvel Studios hasn't handled yet before. And when they entrust it to people who have a strong perspective and vision, I think there are some interesting things that can still happen, even if it's being done within the Marvel system. I do think, actually, in some ways, having kind of a specific point of view is still more beneficial for um, creatives who are working on the TV side than the movie side. Actually, I think the movie machine still kind of strips away some of the uniqueness from certain directors, like mm-hmm. points of view and styles. But like Ms. Marvel, again, is like a great example of this. It, it is retaining its voice and its style um, and its point of view brilliantly. Like it's a show whenever I watch it and I look at it, I'm like, this just doesn't look anything like I've been watching on Disney Plus so far. It's its own thing. I, I don't want us to get too in the weeds about... Miss Marvel, but there there are good signs, I think. I agree. So back, uh, talking about covert affairs again, do you guys remember the Karen episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do we know who wrote that? I know who wrote it. Well, one of my besties. <laughs> Guess where she came from? Let me shout out Tamara Becker Wilkinson. Who also did a 10 questions with us. She sure did. Yes, she did. Was it two years ago? She has been great to us. Me and Rhiannon have known her like since Covert Affairs because she was a writer on Covert Affairs, you guys. And I know, I know a lot of people like really enjoyed that episode for being, you know, giving us that Karen backstory. She needed backstory. Yeah. 
So that's exciting. So I'm going to jump us to another question that has come up a little more recently. So this kind of ties into what we just talked about with Corman and Ord as far as concerns that perhaps sort of bubbling up within the fandom. In early June, I think Murphy's Multiverse, they posted an article with the Miss Marvel co-creator and executive producer. Sana Amanet, who's the co-creator of the Miss Marvel comics, and she's also the executive producer on the show. She, um, I think the question was put to her about um, Daredevil because she, Sana has been an editor on the Mark Wade run. And, you know, the question was whether an, a more upbeat Matt Murdock can be adaptable in the MCU. And she said, uh, her direct quote was, I don't see why not. Mark Wade's run was pretty seminal. We've never seen that kind of story and I love the spin on it, on that. And it was such an unexpected take on the character. In the same way, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that in the MCU. Why not? We like to take risks, and this is the fun part of exploring multiple stories. So maybe. So ever since this quote came out, and a lot of the conversation online has been, oh, they're doing the Mark Wade run. They're going to do a light version of Daredevil, and a fun Daredevil. And um, the thing is, we don't really know what they're planning. This is just a quote from a, a producer on a, another show who we don't think has any connection with the Daredevil project. Maybe she does. Most likely not. I don't get the impression she does. Yeah, I don't think I don't get it either. She was just talking about the fact that it has been done in the comics and uh, it can be done on live action. So sure, it can happen. But this is kind of just like wishful thinking for now. So um, th there's no need for fans to just, you know, start worrying about it or thinking about it. But of course, fandom is going to fandom. Uh, any code that comes out is going to be taken as, oh, it, it has been set in stone now. It's been decided. It's going to happen. But another thing that we want to maybe touch on is that the weight run was not all rainbows and sunshines. And you guys can vouch for that too. Anyone who has read the Wade run. Have we all read it? We have. Yes. I've read it. I've read it. Not not in a while, but I've read it. I can remember because I was a new comics reader and I jumped in with Kevin Smith to be in this. I, I jumped in with that volume. And every time a new writer would come along, I would go, what is this? Because it would be different and it would take me a minute. It was the same with Wade. I was like, I remember the shift because it was so pretty and so bright and going, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. And then, though, you get into it. And just like we just talked about, it is a different kind of dark. Yes. I, I mean, on the surface, it feels very light because I, I when I was reading it, I had I, I just finished the Bendis and Malieve run and those were very dark. Mm -hmm. And like Brubaker. Brubaker got, yeah. Got all those, all those very, really dark and gritty runs. And then you come into Wade and on the surface, it feels very light. Chris Samney's art is that style, you know, it is. Bright and colorful. And I love the fact that there's Kristen there and, you know, all those amazing things are happening. But at the same time. It's dealing with Matt's depression and Foggy has cancer and like all those really crazy things are happening. So it, not everything is positive, right? Because at the core of it, if you get into the bones, it is still Daredevil. It's just a different take on it with a different writer. But at the core of it, it's the same guy who's depressed and he, you know, he lives a dual life and... Yeah, struggle. The struggle... Because that's the whole big running joke is everybody knows he's Daredevil. No, I'm not Daredevil. You know, it's probably the run I will go back to the most. 
Mm. If that gives anybody any kind of like comfort, it's the most rereadable run. It's the most enjoyable run to me. And not again, because it's like light and funny and fluffy. It's not that at all. I just think it's one of the better like story runs, you know, across the board stories. Right. The storytelling, I think it plums a lot of depths um, mm-hmm. that don't immediately seem apparent when you first dig in. But yeah, like you said, Aisha, fandom's going to fandom. We did want to address this earlier, but we definitely wanted to include it in this pod that, you know, for anyone out there who is still dealing with any doubts, I just think, as always, take a lot of things you hear on the internet with a huge grain of salt. People will speculate the shit out of something for as long as they give us time to do it. And, you know, we don't know. We, we know Daredevil is in development. We don't know when exactly it'll go into production. So we came across this a lot over the course of this campaign. When people don't have any news, people are going to... Just make up news. Just grasp on. And it's all subjective. It's all subjective anyways. Mm-hmm. When the show comes out, it may be dark to some people. It might not be, to, you, you know... You, Wade did strip down, like, a, you know, he put Matt through some stuff because he gave, I always go back to Akari. Isn't Akari, like, one of the worst, like, things you could put Matt through? Absolutely. I want to oh, see that in live action. I want to see, I wanna see that, too. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go pick up the Mark Wade run. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil that for anybody either, but you got, you got to. I'd love to see Kristen McDuffie come. I mean, she would totally fit into... If the chatter bears out and we see our boy kind of introducing She-Hulk in, you know, the law world, who knows, you know? So many, like, characters that could just pop up. So exciting. All right. So we're going to just wrap up this, just touching upon a few other concerns and speculations that we've seen from the overall fandom. You know, this continues to come up and it still comes up, even with, especially with news of the Disney Plus project. But, you know, the worry is that they're not going to acknowledge the previous show at all. It's going to be a hard reboot. Guys, if you want to know what we think about hard reboots, soft reboots, all the different kinds of ways they could tell the story, we have recorded like so many different episodes and live streams and and everything in between. Like, I think we have made our positioning on this like here. What would an acknowledgement to the previous, I don't even know what that would feel like or look like. Like, what would they have to say for people to be like, yep, that's it? Or then the other side go, that's just fan service. That doesn't mean anything. I think you've kind of pointed out that this is the difficulty that you're going to run into with any project. Some people are going to be happy and some people won't. I think our collective position on this has always been like, why decide whether you're going to be happy or not before there's even anything to to judge? I mean, is acknowledgement enough just having our cast back? Would that be? Honestly, I think having our cast back would be a huge, a huge acknowledgement. Yeah. Like, I know we only have what, like five minutes to work with from No Way Home, but we've talked about this, uh, the look and the feel and the way he held himself and the way he communicated. That that was was our Matt Murdock. That was not a rebooted Matt Murdock. Now, are they going to have, do they have to ever be like, hey, remember when you did this thing? And then insert reference to obscure scene in season one. I don't think so. I think, you know, life moves on. Life moves on for Matt. Life has moved on in that fictional universe. You know, I don't intend to worry about whether they're going to. Oh, yeah, maybe it'll be something like, remember that time? Frank Castle change you to the rooftop. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a scene of Matt picking up chains and he'll be like, hmm, remember that? I'll be looking forward to that conversation. I'll, I've been waiting since the end of season two for Frank to say, hey, I'm back, Red. Yeah, just, just rattle the chains. <laughs> 
thing with all this is the way I look at it, Kevin Feige, he, um, you know, he announced that Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil going forward. And then he showed up in Norway home. And then they pulled the distribution rights quicker than they had to. Like, that is the biggest acknowledgement for me. Like, because the thing is, previously, from what our understanding was, the distribution rights didn't have to end in 2022. We never expected. Like, we thought maybe they had, you know, Netflix still had it for a few more years. The reason they expedited this, and they're now all back on Disney+, Plus, along with the rest of their MCU shows, it, it is a big sign that um, Marvel Studios is, you know, preparing something. Long-term plans. That's what Feige does best, honestly. He lays the track for the next three, five, ten years. And again, we, we've theorized, well, you know, they could wait. They could wait it out. They can wait the Netflix deal out and give it a few more years. But Well, we had a lot of people telling us they had to wait it out. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, from some of the articles I read, they paid extra, a lot of money yeah. to bring them back earlier. They didn't have to do that if they didn't have plans already. Yeah, and absolutely. And, okay, another thing. No, it's unrelated to this, but I was on Reddit last night and I was reading some comments from people who were talking about, oh, which is the best uh, MCU show, um, Marvel show, not MCU show, Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. And people were saying, oh, Daredevil. And then some people were coming back and saying, it's not on Disney+. Plus. And people were asking, where are you? Are you not in the U.S.? And, oh, yes, yes, I am. I'm, okay, so it's a reminder for people who apparently have missed this but if you're in north america or in uk and uh, daredevil is on disney plus please change your your like parental control settings you have to set up a pin but they're there because by default i think it's set up for tv 14 and since may you can go and change the setting and you'll be able to see a lot more content including the not yeah all the old um uh, netflix marvel shows including Daredevil. So please go change and watch Daredevil. This has been a PSA. But but yeah, I mean, these are all great points. Going back to the original question of like, what is it going to take? I do think I agree with like, as long as I bring the cast back, I think that is more than enough acknowledgement. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but with the snap and with the amount of time, you know, we with the pandemic and everything, like 400 years has passed anyways. It would feel weird if they picked right back up with they're in Nelson like meets and, you know, change in five years. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. So like time passes, even in shows. It, it does. And just like real life. Yeah. Just like real life, people evolve and then, mm -hmm. you know, they're at a different point in life. So and I also don't think we would ever want like another like origin story. Let, let, let's strip Matt down mm -mm. again no. and take him back. Like, I'm ready for him to go. Let's let's go. Let's be Daredevil. Let's go. And that's why they brought the shows back. You can go and rewatch it. It's all on the same mm -hmm. platform now. If you want the origin. But yes, I, I do look forward to having the show really jump into a completely different stage of Matt's um, superhero life. And you know what would actually be great, like now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of want there to be sort of as few callbacks as possible to like the specifics of the previous shows, only so that when they bring back Frank or when they bring back Dex, like, oh shit. It can be like next level if, if they want to, you know, like it's just a different level. Yeah. It can, you don't yeah. want something that's going to take you like out of it. You want to be in this new story. Look, we know this is why we're here because we fell in love with that show. We do, but it's okay to move forward. It's okay. 
Let's go. I, I want to be able to move forward knowing that they're honoring a character that started with the Netflix shows and then just surprise mm-hmm. me. Like surprise me with what you're going to throw at me. I think there's so many possibilities. Give us something new. And I guess our, our, our last point that, w- that we had was, you know, the fans who are worried that anything Disney Plus is going to do, it's going to ruin Daredevil. I don't think this is like, this isn't a predominant majority opinion. I think they're just. But also, I like, this is not just a Disney Plus. But I know that if this had stayed on Netflix, Netflix has not made people happy over the years either. They've canceled a lot of stuff. They've left people hanging. So even if you've not been happy with maybe what you've seen on Disney Plus, there are showrunners who like run shows for seasons like Into the Ground. This is not just a Disney Plus thing. You're either going to enjoy it, find something that you love about it and latch on to it, or you're just not. And again, for us at the end of the day, we we choose to lead with um, excitement and cautious optimism. <laughs> Because we have invested a lot of time in the show and then in these last few years um, campaigning for the show to return. And I just think it's such a it's such an absolute waste if after all that time, the first your your first instinct is just is just to be like a complete downer yeah. about it. So, you know, everyone is entitled to their own feelings and their own ways of um, dealing with it. But I guess, you know, if you're going to listen to us talk about it, like we're going to get hyped. We're going to get hyped. <laughs> Right. Just the fact that the show is coming back is a huge win by itself. Huge win. So speaking of hype, I think this is a great transition into giving a little preview of Uh, the summer of Save Daredevil, summer of Save Daredevil, summer of Save Daredevil. (laughs) So by the time you listen to this, we probably have already posted um, a few things about it. But we as a team are so excited to be back at um, San Diego Comic-Con this year. We're going to have a much bigger team than we did in 2019. But if you saw us in 2019, we did all the things then and we we're going to do all the things now. This is going to be my first one. Oh, my God. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be <laughs> the first the first San Diego Comic-Con for a number of our team. I know Shelby, Rhiannon, and I are very determined to um, make sure y'all experience this con. Oh, my God. This, this is all I've been talking about for the past few months, even at work. Like when someone, a customer comes in and says, oh, do you have any plans for the summer? Oh, yeah, I'm going to San mm-hmm. Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> you know, like just thinking back to 2019, um, which again, I, I did that with Shelby and Rhiannon. It was I- insanity. I don't know how we did. I don't know either. Because 2019 was the year, like, I mean, I just it, cancellation felt so new. Yeah. And we yeah. And we went from that to Rhiannon and I went to Wales and um Wales Comic Con and you know, we went to see Betrayal in London. Twenty nineteen was such a like we just did not stop. We didn't in stop. We didn't stop. And San Diego I don't know how we did all the things we did at San Diego Comic. We just didn't stop. We just went from one thing to another. It was wild. It started from Ace in January. <laughs> yes. Where where you, Phyllis and I, you mm-hmm. we were there and then it was Wales, and then it was London, and a betrayal, and then New, um, San Diego Comic Con after that, and then New Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, it was. But San Diego, just to know that Phyllis, Rhiannon, and I did all just all by ourselves. Stuff we did. You guys managed, yeah, <laughs> three people. That was crazy. Yeah, 
so I just want to say that I'm thrilled <laughs> we're going to have a bigger team yeah, um, this year. <laughs> For those of you who are a, a fan of this podcast of Talk Daredevil, we will actually be attending also as press. So we really are hoping that we can um, do some additional. So Kevin Feige, hit me up, Kevin Feige. <laughs> um, if anyone, if anyone from Marvel Studios or Disney PR happen to listen to this, you know we are humbly going to accept your invitation to be on the press list. Um, just get yes. in touch, get in touch, <laughs> contact at talkdaredevil.com. Uh, but, but no, but I think what's also exciting about that is we are also going to plan in addition to hosting a bomb meetup and um, we're going to be at bar basic again, um, best pizza, um, in the gas lamp, just such a good time with like good people, you know, so so chill. It's such a good like atmosphere. Such a great atmosphere. That's going to be Thursday night, uh, six to eight. You know, we're going to, again, we're not sure when this episode is going to release, but time you listen to this, tickets should be available. Um, snag a ticket. It's all free. Podcast editor's note here. Tickets have gone on sale, but unfortunately they sold out in two minutes. We are so excited that you guys are this excited, but we realize some of you might have missed your chance. So please go to the event. There's a link on our website. Go to the event and go ahead and put yourself on the wait list. If we get cancellations or if we find additional room at the facility, we're going to try to fit as many people as we can because we want all of our fans there. So don't be discouraged. Go put yourself on the wait list and we'll see what we can do. But yeah, in addition to that, in addition to making some super cool swag, we like so cannot wait to get this stuff in our hands and take pictures of it for you guys. Like this is going to be stuff that we're handing out pretty exclusively at San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con. But I think, again, as you're listening to this, we we probably have a fundraiser going on at the moment um, on our coffee, Ko-Fi, however you want to say it, page. Um, so definitely go check out our social media accounts for any of those details. We're doing a cool thing where if you donate $25 and up, we're going to make sure we get you a piece of that new swag. Um, and again, I don't want to hype it up too much, but it's going to be so cool. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm just so excited to get out and like just make contact with people again because people are people are so gracious and so excited when they come up to us. And I do, that's my favorite part. Absolutely. And, and especially because we are, you know, trying to make this um, transition from just a Save the Show campaign into a place for the fans, for this Daredevil fan community. We really want to make sure that you guys know that this is what we are dedicated to doing and building right now, leading up to whenever the Daredevil show will premiere on Disney Plus. Like we are hoping to start ramping up the work to create that space for all of you. So, you know, part of being able to attend San Diego Comic-Con as press means that hopefully we'll get to cover just more stuff on for the pod. We're hoping to live stream. We're hoping to do some write-ups about our experience there. Hopefully we'll have, we'll be accessing some great panels one big thing that came out before we started recording this podcast is that Marvel Studios is confirmed to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year in Hall H. I have talked about this. Kevin Feige loves to put on a good show. And if Kevin Feige decides to put on a good show and bring our man Charlie Cox out, we want to be in that room there for that show. And if that does happen, we will be writing up, recording, whatever we need to do to share that experience with you. They have so much stuff. It's almost like too much stuff, which is why despite quote unquote scoopers insiders saying, Oh, Marvel studios won't be there because D 23 is happening this year. Even though Marvel studios has not missed a, a hall H since 2015, 
which was, I think, only because they didn't have anything to promote at that time. They've always been there on the same as D23 years. So I wasn't worried at all. But yeah, it's been a long time, though, since we've been like in a Marvel room. So who, who knows what they're going to do? But just knowing historically about Marvel and Marvel Studios, they, they just know how to put on a good time. I think that also there was news that Disney Plus is actually going to have a booth on the floor this year. Um, I was actually just downtown recently for a jury summons, and I saw the She-Hulk banners outside the court. Yeah. Pool, you know, like... I just think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff and hopefully a lot of cool stuff for us to cover via Talk Daredevil, via our YouTube that we can bring to you. That's what I was thinking about because then all these scoopers start saying, oh, there's not going to be any Marvel Studios presence. And then the banner showed. I'm like, hello? Something is definitely happening. So, I mean, again, people on the internet going to internet. Yes. <laughs> but if you ever want a well thought out, logical reason take, be sure to follow us on social media. Yes, because what? Okay, the last San Diego Comic Con, the last one was 2019. Was when they announced all these shows, right? Yep, they they were announced. They basically announced all of Phase Four. Wow, mm-hmm. that seems like so. So like, now it's time for, phase, time for five. phase Five. Like to think of all the content we've gotten. There was so like a pause for so long, and nothing was happening. Now all these things that have happened. I just don't understand sometimes like how they can keep adding stuff to theirs. Like whenever they, whatever they announce, because they announced so many shows before already. Like, again, I think we were trying to, before we started recording, we were trying to remember like, what do they have to announce? And we know we'd forgotten um, Armor Wars. We'd forgotten Ironheart. We forgot like Secret Invasion. There's just so many things that they had already announced previously and then there's all the stuff that they keep announcing after they air shows, like um, like the Echo show. I'm going to just say the Agatha Harkness show, even though I'm, like, very not excited. Loki season two. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. And, the, and the, like, the group. like uh, What is season two? Um, oh, God. Oh, God. Wonder Man. You know, Wonder Man was mm. announced, like, as a possible, like, show. I yeah, don't know so anything about just... Wonder Man. But, yeah, but it's, like, all this new stuff. Oh, and then of course Daredevil, <laughs> you know Daredevil, uh, Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts movie was that what right. it was? Right, I think it's a Thunderbolts movie? movie. So there's a lot going on, and I'm like, I don't know how or when, or I'm just saying, everyone, just be prepared. There's a lot of there's a lot of Marvel content. There's gonna be way. there's gotta be something that's gonna be announced that nobody knows yet, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, there's gonna be something. I mean, that we haven't even touched. Like, I'm not a part of that overall fandom, but obviously, like, people have continue and to remain hyped for whenever they officially announce like X-Men, Fantastic Four casting, all that. Like oh that's God, like the big man. stuff that we haven't even like gotten to. Yeah. 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 You go into any Reddit post these days, that's what people are hyped up about. Is it? Fantastic yeah. Four. Oh man, I wish I was hyped about Fantastic Four. Maybe I will be one day. I'm just not. You know, Shelby, <laughs> you, you, you just have to get into Hall H and Kevin Feige will hype you up for you. That is true. I remember being like, I remember like being hyped at like the Bumblebee movie or something, <laughs> the car with like Haley Steinfeld. And I was like, oh my God. You're like, I, I didn't even know movie. I liked this movie. <laughs> yeah, I now I want it. to die for it. <laughs> That's what Hall H does to and you. That's that is the does. energy of that room, which is why it's so much fun, right. which is why we're so glad right. it's back. Right. And, and ever since the multiverse of madness, mm-hmm. people have hyped up about uh, Black Bolt. 
and in humans again. Gosh, so. one day I'm going to get to hear that word again. In humans, <laughs> I'm going to get to hear like in humans are coming, and I'm going to be so excited. So that's just a little, a, a little sneak peek, a little sneak peek for you guys. Um, basically, in July, just expect us to be hyping all the fun stuff, you know. And again, we can logically assume that between San Diego Comic Con and D23. We are in a very good place to hear some additional news, we believe, about the Daredevil show. Now, of course, we we don't know, you know, but it's just kind of a reasonable assumption that those being two very big press events for Marvel Studios. I just wonder, too, if because it's it that would put She-Hulk being, what, three weeks out from San Diego Comic-Con? I wonder yeah. if that's when we're going to get like the full She-Hulk trailer. Probably. Oh, for sure. That? that is definitely when we're, we're going to see it. Is that when we're going to see Matt? Is mm-hmm. that when we're going to see Matt? <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that our wait for, I'm I'm not going to say definitively, but I am very hopeful that we will get some official nugget of news about Daredevil soon. Because San Diego is in July, um, D23 is in September, so not super far behind. And then, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, just a reminder for those of you who did join us at New York Comic Con, both in 2019 and last year, 2021, we will also be back there with an amazing team presence. Um, Guys, you are both going to New York Comic Con. Remind me what the dates are. The New York Comic Con is Thursday, uh, October 6th till Sunday, October 9th. So we'll be there. We're like, most of us are there for all Mm -hmm. four days. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we'll be rolling out the announcements later on in the summer when the meetup is going to be. So we'll be there. You know, this feels, which makes me feel like full of warm fuzzies. This feels like, you know, how it was in 2019, you know, when we were going nonstop and we were really feeding off of that fan energy. So we were just so thrilled and we were just so, so excited to be back. We were like in 2019, can we buy a banner? Can we get a (laughs) helicopter? It's actually kind of nice to not have to worry about that anymore, actually, and just really focus. Can we focus. take out an ad in, in a trade? How much is that? Do we have $25,000? It's, by the way, a lot of money to take out a full-page ad in a trade. We have researched this before. I guess we'll just hand out these fans. That'll be cool. Which we will have fans again this year. The fans are awesome. San Diego is beautiful, but it is hot in July. So if you need a fan and you're attending San Diego Comic-Con this need year, the fan. Please come find us. You can't miss us. We're going to be in our new Save Daredevil team shirts. We have a pretty super cool, very limited piece of swag that if you see us, we're going to we're going to split this batch between San Diego and New York, but we're not going to have a ton. I literally can't make any more hints because I don't want to give no. anything away, but it's going to be so much fun. And we really hope that you see us and you find us this year because we want to give you all the cool stuff. So yeah, that's like, that's as much as I can tease. <laughs> but it's going to be going to be a good time. So, I mean, I, I think that just about wraps it up. I, I hope this was a nice little, just a nice little recap of some of the stuff that we've been hearing and maybe hopefully you're satisfied with our answers. But, you know, if you have any other questions that you need answers to about anything to do with Daredevil or Saved Daredevil, you know, you can always find us on social media. We are actually at Saved Daredevil on Twitter now, and we remain Saved Daredevil everywhere else. If you are listening to this on YouTube, 
you can leave us some comments. We would love to see what you have to say, try to give you some answers. Um, as we've also mentioned before, a lot of the things, especially that came up in the first section of this podcast, as far as like questions, concerns that people have been having, we've addressed a lot of this either on our website or in various podcast episodes or in a live stream. So please make sure you really check out all of our content if you're curious to hear what we think. Other than that, we are going to hopefully see some of you this July. We will hopefully see some of you in October. And the rest of you, thank you so much for just always supporting us and following us and being interested to hear what we have to say about all the things. And yeah, we're not going anywhere. We're going to keep doing this. No, you guys, you guys keep mm-hmm. us going. You like, do. For real. And we, we can't wait till we have more um, more juicy Daredevil news to really sink our teeth into. Oh, um, there's going to be so much. It's going uh, to so be a lot of fun to be able to do that um, with y'all. So, all right. Thank you again. And we're going to catch you next time. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Kevin, wear the hat. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.